this cornerstone. I need you to hear this, 2023. Listen. When our natural connects with God's super, super, we will experience the supernatural. When our natural meets with God's super, we will experience the supernatural. We'll see things. And, and so God needs willing vessels to do things. Listen, and listen, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak on this probably next week. Lord willing, if he doesn't, if he doesn't mess me up again. And, well, he didn't mess me up. He's leading and he's guiding me and, and he's correcting me and, and keeping me going in the right direction. If you have your Bible today, go to Isaiah chapter 61. We're going to be in this, uh, Lord willing, we're going to be in this bit of scripture the next couple of weeks or so. And um, just a powerful bit of scripture. Most of us could probably quote this scripture. Uh, we've heard this scripture. We know this scripture. But I, I want to look at it just a, a little bit different, uh, a different direction today. So thank you. Come on, let's give all our musicians a hand while you're looking for that in your Bibles. Isaiah chapter 61, and I'm going to be looking at verses 1 through 3. And um, this is a, a, a very, very um, popular scripture. We like to quote this. We like to hear this. And so if you don't have it, it will be up on the, on the um, screen. It says this. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison for those who are bound. Everyone say amen. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn. Everyone say amen. Verse 3, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called the what? Trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Amen. This is a beautiful uh, bit of scripture here. And today I want to talk to you, and I, I've titled this simply, and I don't know what, I, I, honestly, I don't even know where the Lord, I, I do know where the Lord's taking me with this, but, but where this will go in the next couple of weeks, I've titled this, There is Still Hope. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, There is Still Hope. Look at your neighbor on the other side who you don't like as much and say, there's still hope for you too. All right, come on now. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for this day. God, I pray, Lord, that you would anoint me, God, Lord, today. Lord, that you have called me by assignment today, Lord, to speak this word. I pray, Lord, that my words would be clear, God, that my heart would be pure. And, God, Lord, that your word would go forth and land in hearts today. And, God, we, we believe, God, that there is going to be a, a, a great move of your presence in our lives. In Jesus' name, we proclaim. Everyone said amen. So this bit of scripture here is, is the prophet Isaiah, and he is hearing from the Lord. And for 39 chapters in Isaiah, uh, he is uh, basically coming with judgment. And so, you know, I, how many know we love to talk about the blessing of God? How many love the grace of God? We love the blessing of God. Can I tell you something? God loves you so much that he will spank your behind when you do wrong. 
I can tell you that. But so, so the prophet here, he's talking to Israel, and, and this, this bit of Scripture, listen, it, it is fitting for the nation of Israel for the present, but it also transcends to the future. So there's a prophetic word here. It's doing two things at one time. Having know God's word is powerful. Amen. And so, uh, and so this is what we have to know about the Lord. God said he is a just God. He will not be mocked. And here's the thing. Let me tell you something today. If you are sinning, the Lord will come and discipline you. He will spank your posterior. I've had my posterior spanked many times. Hebrews 12, 6 says this. It says that the Lord's discipline uh, disciplines the ones who he loves and chastises every son he receives. So, so the the Lord is like any good parent. Listen, if your kids act up, there is usually a course of discipline, right? Come on, mom and dad. All the kids are in the house today. When your kid messes up, there is usually a course of discipline that happens to get them on the right track. And so I love this bit of scripture, and this what this tells me that if if you are sinning and the Lord is not correcting you, you need to check and make sure that you may not be one of His sons or daughters. Because according to Hebrews here, he, it says that He chastens or He disciplines the ones that He loves. You know what I don't do? I don't like to do. I, I won't do. I don't discipline people, other people's kids. You know why? Because that's that parent's job. They're not my own. But let me tell you something. If Zaley or Wyatt or Novak get out of line, they're in my parameter, and I discipline them. You know why I discipline them? Because I love them. I want them to go in the right direction. And I know when I was 16, and I know when I was 18, and I'll say and when I was 10 years old, that I knew everything in the world. Mom and dad don't know nothing, right? Oh, man, come on, somebody. But in, in, in here's what, what's interesting. In the next 27 chapters in Isaiah, it, it shifts from judgment and to what God is going to do. And it goes to Isaiah, Isaiah starts prophesying a message of, of love and a message of hope. Everyone say, there is hope. And God is a God who will judge and correct. And this is what I love about God. After he loves and corrects, he wraps his loving arms around us and says, you know, it's going to be all right, right? How many of you had a good parent like that? You know, they would discipline you. My parents were pretty good about that when they would discipline us, you know. They would, they would ask, you know, why? Do you know why I discipline you? Do you know why I did this? When I was little in church one time. Listen to me, all you kids in the church that are in church service today, do not do this, okay? Do not do this. But when I was, I was young, I don't know, maybe four or five years old, I was being rowdy in church, and my parents were pastors of that church, and my mom, she had just had enough of me. And so she took me outside, all right? Come on, how many of you know where this is going? She took me outside the church there. We lived in the south. I think people walked by with a blind eye. But, but uh, she took me outside at, at the church, and she, she let my posterior know that I was out of line, all right? And, and I was crying, and I was upset. And she looked at me, and she grabbed me by the shoulders, and she got down on my level. And she says, now, TJ, do you know why I spanked you? And you know what my words were? And I looked at her, and I said, because you are a mean woman. Round two. Round two, right? So, so it's interesting, you know, but now my mom, she sees me, she hugs me. She says, oh, I'm so proud. Of, you know, I love those moments. You just got to know my mom. But, but, but 
the Lord disciplines those that he loves. So I, I want to tell you about hope today. I want to break this down. I'm, I'm going to just look at this scripture uh, throughout here. Um, so our number one right here, if you're a note taker, you can write this down. Our, uh, this is going to be simple, super, super simple, but very, very practical and powerful. Listen to me. Number one, our hope is in Jesus. Plain and simple, our hope is in Jesus. It's not in your job. It's not in your marriage. It's not in the government. Come on, somebody. It's not, it's not in the, my hope is in Jesus. And I'm on assignment today. It, it, you know, listen, I, I, as I was preparing this, the Holy Spirit stopped me, and, 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 and I was like, Lord, what are, you, what are you trying to say here? Can you, can you help me out? What are you trying to tell me? What are you trying? And the Holy Spirit stopped me and said, remind everybody of the hope. Remind, listen to me, Cornerstone. I'm, I'm here on assignment to remind you of the hope that is Jesus Christ. So, so in this comforting section here in Isaiah, Isaiah 61, we see hope and prophecy for Israel in the present there. It, it fits their timeline there, but it also transcends to the future. So, and, and we see in Luke chapter 4 that Jesus would read this very scripture that I just read you. Uh, after being tempted in the desert, he would come back to um, Nazareth, where he was from, he was a hometown boy of Nazareth, right? And, and so he went back to Nazareth, and he went into the synagogue, and he's sitting there, and they would read scrolls, and they gave him this particular scroll, and he reads it in Luke chapter 4. He says this, Luke chapter 4, verses 18 19, he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Sound familiar? Sounds just like Isaiah. Because he has anointed me to preach, what? The gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. But you, Jesus is throwing down some, some haymakers right here. I love this. Uh, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. I want to say amen. And to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. So he, it's interesting because he reads this bit of scripture and then he sits down and everyone's looking at him like, what it just happened. And I love Jesus' response here. He, he looks at them and he, and he says these words. He says, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Mic drop. And they're looking at him like, what did he just say? You know, what did you just say, Lord? They, they look at him and they're like, aren't you Joseph, the carpenter's son? Aren't, aren't you him? And, and this is what they, the, the scripture tells us. They were intending to throw him over a cliff there in Nazareth. And, and they got him to the outskirts of town. And, and this, is how, this is how much authority Jesus had. They had him on the outskirts of town. And Jesus just walked right on through him because he knew that there was a bigger plan than, than just at that moment. He knew he was not appointed to die there. So, so I, I want to say this. Uh, something that we need to understand is God is anointed. Jesus says here, I am anointed. He's saying, I am anointed. Can I tell you something? As the church of Jesus Christ, as a connection to Jesus Christ that dwells within you, can I tell you something? That same anointing dwells within you. Amen? The same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead dwells in you. That's good news. That's good news right there. So God has anointed him is what the first part of that says in Isaiah. 
Anointed means this. It's simple. It means to smear or to consecrate. Or, you know, consecrate, that's one of those old, old, uh, old school preacher words right there. But that means to be set apart and is what, is what it says in Isaiah. In Luke, it means this, to give necessary powers for purpose. So when Jesus says this, he's saying, hey, God has given me all I need. I'm about to fulfill my ministry. The first thing that Jesus does, you know, after he's baptized and then he goes to the wilderness, he comes in and he does this mic drop, declares the word of the Lord over himself and says, hey, I'm going to do the work that my father has called me to do. Amen. Can I tell somebody today, I need you to understand this today, that you are anointed to preach the gospel. You have been given authority through Jesus Christ to, to set the captive free, not in your own power, but through Jesus Christ to, to pray for those who are in bondage. Amen? Come on, if you're with me, say, I'm with you, Pastor. So look at this. Like, like Jesus, who was anointed to fulfill his purpose, the church has been anointed because of our relationship with Jesus to fulfill his purpose in us. When our natural meets God's super, then the supernatural happens. Come on, somebody. Anointed to preach the gospel to the poor is what, what it says. And, and the King James Version says meek. And I heard a guy say this about the word meek. You know, what that means is me ick. Right? I mean, right, me, ick, you know, I, I poor, or is, is what this translation is, poor is those without the comfort, comforts of life. And Jesus says, I'm anointed, and I, I'm empowered to give this message of the gospel to the poor. Listen to me. What we're doing, when we go to Bloomington next week, we are going to give this message to the poor, to the people who don't have the comforts of life, who need to understand that there is a Savior who loves them, who cares about their soul, and wants to see them in heaven. Come on, somebody. I'm a little fired up. You got two weeks pent up inside of me, so you're going to get it out today, all right? So Jesus has anointed. He is anointed, and, and that's what the church should be doing. Come on. Look at your neighbor and say, that's what you should be doing. Now point at yourself. Me too. <laughs> Bringing comfort to people who are, uh, I, I'm like my friend said in, in Texas, my my, my pastor down in Texas, he, he says this. He says, you know, we're here to bring comfort to people who are jacked up from the floor up. Come on, somebody, right? So the next part of Scripture says this. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. So, and listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to exegete this just a little bit, but I'm going to come back to this next week and, and, and do a little bit more in depth because I'm wanting to get somewhere where the Holy Spirit's telling me where to go. So look at this. So he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, those who have, have broken relationships. Anybody ever break your heart? Listen, I'm not talking about your 16-year-old puppy love. You know, I, I'm talking about has, has your kids let you down? Has your spouse let you down? Has people that you thought were close to you abandoned you in, in your moment of despair? Have they hurt you? Have, have they let you down? Broken relationships. If you, and here's the thing. It, you know, if you haven't, someone eventually will break your heart. In some situation, some form. And they're going to let you down. And you know what? I even use this. Uh, this word is sometimes they will use you. Come on, somebody. 
broken. Your heart's broken. If anything has ever uh, broken your heart, Jesus wants to heal that, and he wants to bind up those wounds. I love this. In Psalms 147.3, it says this, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Can I tell you something? That's just not nice words. Those are a promise of God. If you have a broken heart, if you'll seek the Lord with all your heart, he will bind you up and he will heal you. Come on, somebody. Amen. So the next bit of this scripture says this, to proclaim liberty to the captives. Amen. How many could say, I, I once was captive to sin and now I'm free from sin? Amen. The blood of Jesus applied. He set me free, right? To set the captives free from sin and bad habits. Anybody in here got, anybody in here ever had any bad habits? One, two, three, four, five. All right. Right? You, you know, bad habits. The Lord wants to set you free. Can I tell you something? He will free you from sin. Listen, I, I, I want to share this with you. I don't know if you know that. He will free you from sin. You know what that is? That's good news. That's good news. That is great news. That is wonderful news. And I don't care how bad your past habits are and your sins were. God can free you from those things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Do you guys believe that? I believe that we're a church that believes that. Come on. Do you believe that today? Come on. So this is what I know. The anointing of God has the ability to, to set the captives free and out of captivity. How many are, are living proof that God has brought you out of the bondage of sin? Come on, wave your hand at me. Hey, God set me free, right? <laughs> he brought me out. I love that old song. He brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet upon the rock to stay. I love that. He brought me out. He set me apart, and he broke the bondage of sin and, and I love that. So, so you say, you say, hey, I, 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 this is what I need from you today. I need you to remember. The Holy Spirit is reminding me to rem to help you to remember where God has brought you from. Some of you would be so tore up. Some of you would be strung out on drugs right now. Some of you may be dead right now had it not been for the grace and the mercy and the blood of Jesus Christ that set you free. Amen. Amen. And there's an anointing in the church to set the captives free. And listen to me, it's only through Jesus Christ. The next part of that scripture says, and the opening of prison to those who, who are bound. And, and bound means to, to, to do this. Uh, uh, help me, Wyatt. Come up here. Yeah, I, I know. You're looking at your shoes. Come on. Help me out. Bound means this. This is what bound means. This is my son. Isn't he good looking? He's single. All right. All right. He, he, he didn't like that, I promise you. So, so this is what bound means. Bound means to be yoked to something. Uh, to be yoked to something. Uh, listen, I, I, Wyatt, uh, you are bound to me, so I'm going to take you where you do not want to go. Come on. You, you have to follow what I'm doing. This is what bondage looks like. This is what sin does when it connects to us. And listen, it pulls us. It's like, I don't know why I do the things I do. I do because sin has taken you where you don't want to go. And listen, God has given us the authority to break those bondages in Jesus' name. Amen? You be seated. Good job, man. So 
we, we have to understand that those that are bound are, are going, here's another way to look at that, going from battle to battle. Have you ever felt like you've been in the same cycle of, of battle spiritually, like you keep coming to the same battle, and, and you feel like, and, and, you know, maybe it's depression, and maybe, and you feel like these prison doors, they, they have me bound by a life of sin, and I'm struggling to be free. Can I tell you something? Who the Son has set free is free indeed. That's what the Scripture says today. Amen. And the church has been called to minister to the hurting, to the struggling, and to the bound. And you know what that means? Our clean hands need to start getting dirty right in the, in the middle of those kinds of people. Number, verse 2 says this, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. You don't know what that means. I'll break that down next week. <laughs> and the day of the vengeance of our God, and, and, and it says this, to comfort all who mourn. So, so I, I don't know if, if you got that. There's a, that is a powerful bit of Scripture. There's a lot happening in that little bit of Scripture. But I'll unpack that next week, Lord willing. So Jesus, he's in the temple, and he says these things, and he gets to the acceptable year, and then he stops there, and he closes the scroll, and he stops right there. And in that moment when he says, hey, all you who heard this today, hey, this, is, this has happened today. This has been fulfilled today. What he's saying, this is the year of salvation. I have come to do my ministry. I have come to set the captive free. I know my mission. I know where I'm going. I know I'm going to the cross. I know I'm going to the grave. But I know I'm going to raise victorious. And, and, and I will have the keys of death, hell, and the grave. And no sin can conquer. Amen. This is the acceptable year of the Lord. This is the acceptable year of the Lord. So through Jesus, this, this church, our church, the, the body of Christ is empowered and we are anointed to declare that this is the year of the Lord. Listen to me. Some of you who have wayward sons and daughters, you need to say, hey, this is the year of the Lord in their life. This is the year of the Lord. They're going to be set free. This is the year that they're going to walk in the authority of Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. So, so we're here, you know, we're, we're here to tell you, and I'll say this, you don't, you don't have to fight back because this is what the Scripture tells us, that the Lord will fight our battles for us. You don't have to do it in your own toil, and your own, own ability. You know, if you do that, man, sometimes you'll get wrecked, amen. So Jesus read that, uh, he read that, but Isaiah goes, well, little step further, and this is what I, what I felt like the Holy Spirit prompted me to stir up in your memory today. Listen, this is for the believers today. I will say, this one's for the believers, all right? Next, one, next week, it's going to be a little bit different. So, so this is what I need to tell you. Look, everyone say this. Jesus is my hope. Jesus is my hope. Jesus is my hope. All right, listen, this is my, my second point right here. Remember this hope today. Remember this hope today. Remember this hope today. It's real simple. Look at this, verse 3. Oh, man, we're going to exegete this. This scripture says this, to console those who mourn in Zion. Anybody ever cried? Anybody ever cried till you can't cry anymore? When you're mourning, you, you, you got no more tears to give, but you're, you, you're really crying on the inside, but you're, you're just empty right here. You're hurting inside. That's, that's what it means to mourn. So the, 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 the previous says to, to comfort all who mourn, okay? The previous verse says this, to comfort all who mourn, and this says to console those who mourn in Zion. There's a difference here. 
There's a difference in these two, two sayings here. One is to console those who mourn in Zion. One is to comfort all who mourn, okay? When we say all, what does that mean? All. But, okay, there's something interesting about this little bit of Scripture because it says uh, to console those who mourn in Zion. Zion in, in Scripture can refer to one of three places. It's the hill where most ancient areas around Israel stood, okay, uh, around Jerusalem stood. It's the, it can be called the city of Jerusalem, the, the actual city of Jerusalem. They call it Zion in Scripture itself. And then I like this one. It also can be this, the dwelling place of God, Zion. So what does that tell me? This is interesting. This, is, this, this scripture is very interesting to me because this is a bit of scripture uh, would have encouraged the Israelites because they knew judgment was coming, but they knew what Zion was. They, they knew Israel. They knew Jerusalem, what that was. So Zion, listen, for you and to me, is, is basically this. Zion is the dwelling place of God, the place of the will of God. Zion is where there is hope and where there is glory, right in the middle of God's will. Everyone say God's will. And you know what this scripture tells me right here? If you look at this scripture, this scripture tells me that you can be smack dab in the middle of God's will and find yourself mourning and crying. Oh, that's comforting, Pastor. I didn't write it. It's what it tells me. It tells me that you can be doing everything in your life right. You can be the model church member. You could be the person that shows up to every meeting at the church. You could be here at prayer. You could be here at every. You could be volunteering in every capacity that you can. You could be the biggest giver, and all hell can break loose in your life. It's interesting, right? Boy, boy, that some people are like, boy, that's a, the, the faith people are like, oh, oh, you know, what's going on here? But this tells me that, that with, right in the middle of, of God's will, sometimes you, find, you might find yourself mourning and crying. Mourning is crying until you have no tears, right? And so you can be in Zion, you can be in God's perfect will and still be struggling, fighting, and things can be falling apart. Let me give you some examples. You can be in the middle of God's will and be broke. There's a there's a disjustice that we hear from a lot of a lot of ministers who say, hey, you know, God, God just always wants to bless you, bless you. But listen, sometimes, man, there's circumstances in life that happen. And I don't know why God does what he does. I, I wish, you know, the Lord would let me be be him for a day because I would right a lot of wrongs. Right. For all the people that are faithful and, and, and show up to church and do all this, I'd be like, man, you guys got it made on these. And all the people who, who, who are bad, you know, you, you, I, that would be me. But I'm not God, and thank God I'm not. Because God is, he does what he wants to do. And so look at this. Here's another thing. You, you can be in the middle of, of God's will and, and your health fell. Some of you are living examples of that. Some of you have lost loved ones, and, and you prayed, God, heal, God, heal them, God, heal them. And you knew you were right in the middle of, of God's will. And you, don't under, you may not understand God's reasoning, but, but God takes that loved one, and, and you're left going, man, I don't understand, Lord. I, I'm a little lost. How about this? Some of you can be right in the middle of God's will, and your marriage be on the brink of, of destruction. How about this? You can be right in the middle of God's will, and be fighting depression. You know, we can look in Scripture and see uh, uh, Elijah was one of those people right in the middle of God's will, trying to do what's right, but still fought. And so how about Moses, right in the middle of God's will, leading the, the children of Israel, and he's over there going, God, just take me out because I'm sick of these people. 
How about this? You can be in the middle of God's will and maybe lose your job. I don't understand. I, I, I don't know why I, why was I chosen to lose my job. Why did they why did they downsize? How about this? You can be in the middle of God's will and your, your children be disobedient. Come on, somebody. Ooh, the kids got quiet. The kids got quiet, right? You can be in the middle of God's will and be exploited by somebody. Here's what I know. This is what I know. The, the perfect will of God doesn't isolate you from trouble. There's times where God will will protect you and there's different, it doesn't give you a free pass that you're going to have life made and it's going to be perfect. Psalm 27, 5 says this, for he will conceal me when there is trouble, when troubles come. He will hide me in a sanctuary. He will place me out of the reach uh, on a high rock. What does that mean? What does that mean for you and me? What that means is this, listen, that means I have to trust him in the process for his protection. That means when I'm going through and everything is going wrong in my life, I have to say, God, I, I will hide in your sanctuary. I don't know where anywhere else to turn, but, Lord, I know I can run to you. Oh, it's interesting. But, but God allows these things because he put, he, he, and, and listen, you got to understand, why, you ever ask the question to the Lord, why, why is this happening to me? Any, come on, be honest. Lord, why is this happening to me? You ever ask the Lord that? I, I've done that. Listen, I've done that. And, and listen, I, I'm on assignment today. The Holy Spirit says this to you today. If you've asked the Lord that, the Lord would say this, I've put enough in you to get through this. I've put enough in you to get through this. You know, it kind of reminds me of, of my kids. This is so hard. This is so tough. Listen, you got it in you. Come on. Right? You coach kids. I can't run another lap. Yeah, you can. You're young. You got it. Come on. A little bit more. But God allows these things because he, he has put enough in you for you to be able to handle. But the Lord says he will, and he has put the church on an assignment to console the, the mourning, those that are crying. I'm here to remind you that, that it's our call as, as the body. Come on, Cornerstone. How about this? To give beauty for ashes. And ashes are what, you know what's interesting. Lord, help me get through this scripture and pronounce this word correctly the whole time. All right? So, to give beauty for ashes. And ashes are what's left after a fire, right? When you have a fire, that's the only thing that's left. What was there is destroyed. It's, it's uh, after your trial and your situation, some of you have had some firing moments and you look back over your life and go, I can't believe that this was my dream. I can't believe that this was my ministry. I can't believe that this was my marriage. And all I've got left, and the only thing that's left here is these ashes, and that's all I have. See, Israel, they, they were lost, and, and they would mourn, and they would throw ashes on their head. And, and, and we know that Jerusalem would, would be burned down, and everything that they had would be lost in that moment. So, and some of you have had dreams, and they've burnt down. Some of your marriages have burnt down. Some of your bank accounts have burnt down. Come on, somebody. And the only thing you have left is ashes. Am I, am I speaking to anybody today? Have you ever been there where, man, this, God, I, I don't have much here. What, what I have left is just these ashes. You know, I, I, when I was growing up, my parents pastored a church in, in Arkansas. That's not where I got in trouble, okay, just a different church. And, and 
when we when we were pastors there, a tornado came and knocked the steeple off the church, knocked the roof off the church, um, lightning struck. Uh, struck a, a power line, our church caught on fire, the church got robbed, people's tires got, man, that, we talk about spiritual warfare, like in a moment, right, you just kind of start going, man, Lord, what's going on? But I remember as a kid, our church, there was a thunderstorm coming through and lightning struck the power line next to the church and it and it went inside the church and we had a, 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 a church sanctuary and up in the top, there was a, a storage room up there and we kept like toilet paper and all that stuff in there, a lot of paper goods. Well, you know you know exactly what happened in this moment. So this lightning strikes and it goes through the building and it ends right there at that very room, breaks the light, and a fire breaks out in, in that room full of all kinds of hot tender, you know, ready to go. And I'll never forget walking in that room after the fire department cleared it late at night and going into the church and there was smoke everywhere. And I just remember thinking and going up to that room and seeing that room and all that was left in that room was ashes. And that's what happens in our life. Sometimes you feel like all I've got left is ashes. This is, this is all gone. All that I had, my, my, my dreams, they're gone. Uh, and, and what I had is gone. It'll never be the same. It was something, but now it's just ashes. But the Lord will, will give you beauty for ashes. And something interesting, beauty is, is this. In, in Scripture, if you look at that word in the Hebrew, it actually means this. It doesn't mean he'll give you good looks for ashes. Some of you are like, man, shucks, right? No, but beauty is actually this. It, it, is, it can be translated two ways. It can be a crown or a headdress. That's something that you put on your head. This is interesting to me. I, I begin to think about this. You know, what happens, uh, how, many, how many of you guys are sports fans? All right. How many of you guys love sports? What do they What do they do on draft day when you know, or if a player is deciding uh, to go into into a draft, right? They 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 come in and they they tell them, you know, they draft and the team says, hey, you're going to be on our team, and this is what they do. Or what about a high school student who picks a college to go to? What What do they do? They they go and they do this right here. Come on, somebody, I just felt the anointing right here, right now. But this is what happens. They they come around and they've been through some stuff and they put their hat on and they come around and say, hey, I am a proud member of the St. Louis Cardinals now. Man, I felt the anointing on that one right there. Some of you are like, oh, no. All the Cubs fans are, are cringing right now. But listen, listen to me. You know what this hat represents to that young person who picks their team or their team picks them? You know what that means? Hey, all those practices that I did, all the things that I went, all those times that I stayed late and I hit thousands and thousands of balls off a tee and I pitched and I pitched and I pitched until my arm wasn't going to fall off. And everything that was tough now is represented by what is on my head. Listen, God, everything that you went through in your life, every situation, every trial and situation, what God does is he takes this thing, this beauty, and he puts it on your head and says, this is your test. Testimony. This is how people are going to know that you've been through some stuff. This is what set you free. And you're at this moment and God's saying, hey, I'll give you beauty for ashes. Come on, somebody. I'll take that off, all right. Somebody said, okay, thank goodness. How many can say God has given you a testimony that you can wear and you can say, hey, listen, I've been there. My marriage was on the brinks. I've been there. Listen, let me pray with you. Let me love on you. I was lost with that. I've been there. I've been that person. I, I was homeless. 
I was strung out on drugs. But look at me now. Beauty for ashes. I love that. How about this one? The oil of, uh, of joy for mourning. So oil is used as a lubricant, right? Uh, you know, and in most of its, its cases, it's used as a lubricant. So as the church, as we grow, listen to me, as we grow, we will experience friction. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Look at me. Look, everyone look at someone in the church and say, it's going to happen. You know how I know it's going to happen? Because where there is movement, there is friction. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen. Where there is movement, there is friction. Think about your car engine. Come on, Braden. I'll speak to you right now. Think about your car engine, right? Your car engine will not work without oil for very long. Why? Friction, right? Good answer. Good answer. All right. He knew better. But, but check this out. You're, the pistons in, in a car will not work without the oil. So listen to me. Some of you are seized up right now. Some of you are trying to operate without the oil of the Holy Spirit. Some of you need to get a heavy dose of the oil spirit, uh, of the Holy Spirit to unlock what has been stuck, to get things moving again, to stop the friction amongst other believers, to stop the friction amongst other churches, and, and the Holy Spirit to set you free. Come on, somebody. Amen. Oh, the church needs a good dose of, of the oil of joy. Oil in Scripture always refers to the Holy Spirit and is, 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 is kind of a, a representation of that. So here, let me ask you this. How many of you cook with oil? Why, why do you cook with oil? Tastes good? <laughs> who, who said that? <laughs> why do you cook with oil? Why? Tell me why. You, 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 when you put your frying pan down, you don't just crack eggs because they're $5 right now, number one. But you don't just crack eggs without putting some oil in the pan, right? Because when you go to scoop that egg out, you're just going to just, it'll be stuck, right? You use oil. Listen, you know why oil is important in cooking? Because when the heat's turned on, <laughs> come on, when the heat's turned on, Listen to me, listen to me, people of God. When the heat's turned on, if you've got the oil of joy inside of you, you're not going to get burnt. You're not going to get pu pushed out of shape. You're going to say, hey, I've got something in me that, 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 that can help me. Listen, uh, you know what I love about bacon? Why don't you put oil in bacon? It creates its own oil. Listen, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit in you, when the heat is turned, be like bacon. Be like bacon. When the fire gets hot, let the oil ooze out of you. Come on, somebody. <laughs> you know what? I, I, you know I get tired of, of, of people that call themselves Christians that are, are raisin face, prune face people, and like, oh, uh, you know, I upset about everything. Listen, if you call yourself a Christian and you don't have the joy of the Lord, stop. Amen. The joy of the Lord is my. Uh, the joy of the Lord is my. Oh Lord, would you send the oil of joy to us? 
Look at this. Proverbs 10, 28 says this. The hope of righteous brings joy. The hope that you have in you, like bacon, brings joy. When the heat is turned up, when we got movement and there's friction, you know what? The Holy Spirit comes in and says, I can smooth this out. Let's keep forward momentum. Come on. I love this. Sam Storm says this. Joy is not necessarily the absence of suffering. It is the presence of God. I love that. That's beautiful. So God will turn your morning into shouts of joy. So everyone get some joy. All right. Hang with me. I'm almost done. Come on, worship team. Come on. Come on. I'm almost done. So, so the garments of praise is the next bit of scripture for the spirit of heaviness. And I love this imagery here. A, a garment is, is, uh, is, and it's interesting God uses a garment because it's, a garment is something that we wear. It's something that we choose to put on, right? How many of your clothes picked you today or how many of you picked your clothes to put on? You chose to wear what, what you have on today. Some of you need to rethink your, 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 your I'm joking, I'm joking. But here's what I know. Listen to me. I don't always feel like putting on a garment of praise. I'm being open. I'm being honest. And, and I see sometimes in some of you, you don't feel like putting on the garment of praise. But here's what I know is this, that, that it's important that we do this. Come here. Help me, Novak. Come on, buddy. Get up here. Come on. Run, 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 run. All right. This is what I want to show you this. Listen, I, I, I didn't, you know, I tried to use my jacket, but my jacket wasn't big enough and, um, because Novak's almost as big as me. But look at this. So this is, this is Tyler Calvert's jacket. And this is Novak, right? Novak, put this jacket on the best of your ability right now. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Now, can you button that thing up? Yeah, hold it right there. Look, some of you are looking at him and saying, that looks funny. That looks, oh, does that look oversized on him? Does it look like it's too big for him? You know, and here's what happens to us. Come on. Come on, speak, Holy Spirit. This is what happens to us. You know what? Sometimes when we see people with a garment of praise, we get judgmental of what they're doing. And we look at them and say, hey, 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 well, you look awkward. Why are you jumping around? Why do you got so much joy? Why you That thing, it doesn't fit you. But can I tell you something about this garment of praise? You know what it does? It covers my, my imperfections. It covers him. Look at this. This thing's got him covered from head to toe. And when we choose to put on the garment of praise, we come into this house and say, God, I will extol you. God, I will exalt your name. Listen, my imperfections go to the the wayside put on put on put on the garment of praise listen to me cornerstone in 2023 the lord sent me on assignment today to tell you he will give you beauty for ashes he will give you a testimony for what you've been through he will give you the oil of joy for the morning that you fought and you thought i need to give up he will replace that with joy listen he will give you the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness Listen, Psalms 42.5 says this. The psalmist writes this. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will what? Where are we putting our hope? 
in 2023, Cornerstone, I'm putting my hope in God. Nothing else, nothing less. He says, I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. I dare you. I dare you today to put on the garment of praise. Come on, stand with me, stand with me. Come on, stand with me all across this building. The Bible says this. Listen, I know we're getting late into the hour, but listen, I, we, we, we're going somewhere with this. I promise. I promise we won't be as long next week. We'll, we've been, been in church, and I won't preach as long. I promise. God wants to give you beauty for ashes. He's got a testimony for what you've been through. Some of you are ashamed of your testimony. You ought not be so. Look what God brought me out of. Look what God restored. Look what God did for me. The oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And I'm here to remind you, listen, you know what all this is? You know what all those things are? It's a simple exchange between you and God. You give God your worst and God's like, I'll give you the best. How many like good gifts? I'll give you beauty for your ashes. God, it's just ashes. I'll take them. I'll give you the oil of joy for morning. God, all I've got is tears. Have some joy. Be excited. I'll give you the garment of praise for the heaviness you down in your heart. Listen to me. This is what I want to do in this moment. I love this last bit of scripture. It says this, that they, that they may be called the trees of righteousness, that, that the planting of the Lord, that, and this is why all we do all this big exchange right here, that what he may be glorified. It's all about him. It's all about him. So when we make this exchange, we become like a, like a tree of righteousness planted where? In the Lord. How many want to be planted in the Lord today? Come on, I, I want you, I want to do this. Listen, I'm not going to tell you to bow your heads. I'm not going to tell you to close your eyes. This is what I feel like I need to do today. I know, I know the hour's late, but listen, I want you to respond. That's all I'm going to do. I'm just going to say, respond right now. If you say, hey, I, I, I've, I've got ashes today. I need to, I, I, I need some beauty. Maybe you need the, the oil of, of gladness in your life. Come on, just respond. Maybe you need to put on the garment of praise again. Maybe you're feeling heavy in your heart. Come, come, come on, come on, come on. Don't be, don't be prideful. Come on, don't be prideful. The Holy Spirit's moving in this place. Come on, come on, respond today. Thank you. Thank you. Somebody's always got to break the ice. Come on. Thank you, Jaden, for coming down. Come on. Thank you. Come on, come on. And I want you to do this. I want you to just stretch your hands towards heaven and say, hey, God, I'm ready to make that exchange today in my life. God, I'm ready to make that exchange today. Coming into 2023, God, I don't want I don't want the status quo. God, I don't want to be downhearted. I don't want to be heavy-hearted. God, I want to be free. Who the Son has set free is free indeed. Some of you need to understand that. Who the Son has set free is free indeed. Come on. Come on. Some of you aren't coming. Come on. The Holy Spirit's got me in check right now. Come on. Some of you aren't coming. Some of you need to come. Some of you need to come today. Listen, if you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, here's your invitation right now. He wants a relationship with you. He, he, will, he will set you free. The thing that's got you bound, He will set you free. The sin that is in your life, He is a chain breaker. His blood covers sin today. Come on. Respond right here, right now. Come on. Can you stretch your hands? Come on, church. Begin to worship right where you're at. But come on, begin to pray for those that are down here. Come on, begin to just seek the Lord in this house. Seek him. The Bible says seek and you will find him. The Bible says seek and you will find him. Come on. Come on. 
Come on, seek and you will find. Listen to me. Don't be so churchy. Don't be so churchy. Seek and you will find him. Lord, we worship you. Come on. Come on, begin to lift him up. Come on, begin to worship him. God, God, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. God, I give you my ashes. God, I give you my brokenness. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on.